Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, and it is not a victory Monday. Those are over for It is the end of the road for their 2021-2022 season. And Scott Reynolds, PewterReport.com, who was not with us on the post-game podcast yesterday, is here. You've recovered, Scott. I know you were drinking heavily after watching Todd Bowles uh, coordinate that game, especially the final stages of that game. But glad to see that yeah. you're, you're you're feeling a little better and ready to uh, analyze and break down this game with us. Well, the thing is, is I went to the Sun- Sunshine Skyway Bridge um, because if you're going to kill yourself, that's the place to do it. <laughs> and it was really cold last night, like freezing cold, right? Yeah, I, I, and, this morning too. Yeah, and so I'm sitting here thinking, um, well, last night it's like, you know, why would you blitz – uh, Matthew Stafford in that situation. Wow. Did you not read John Ledyard's Bucks briefing column? I mean, we even sent it to people in the organization. I was going to say, you sent it to people. <laughs> I, I did. We literally sent that to people in the organization. Like, don't overlook the blitzing statistic. Seriously, I swear to God, we did that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we did our so part. Funny. Okay. <laughs> For real. That's so funny. It's it's true. I mean, you, yeah. you were talking to me about that earlier in the week. You're like, you know, you didn't send that. Did you? I'm like, you're damn right I sent that. No. You, know? <laughs> you were like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it's, it's good factual information. And it's like sometimes mm-hmm. you can never have too many good st- statistics. Sometimes you can have never as, as, you know, you can't have enough good analytics yeah. and all of that. And, and it, the numbers. In this case, I guess there's too many. One too many for Todd. <laughs> I don't know. The, the numbers were, were pretty clear. 72% completion percentage. For Stafford, when he is 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 blitzed, it drops to sixty six percent when you rush four. Okay, he doesn't throw any interceptions when he's blitzed. He's only been sacked eight times. He was sacked twenty seven times when he was was rushed with four. By the way, John, the only times the Bucks got to Stafford yesterday, um, two, two sacks. Vita yeah, Vea got one. Indomica the Sue. other one was like a quarterback draw. You know, kind of, yeah, but yeah, it still counts as a sack. But sure, sure. both of those were on four-man rushes, right? Mm-hmm. So Matthew Stafford threw a touchdown on on a blitzed occasion, and he completed over 70% of his passes when blitzed, including the 44-yarder. It was just asinine. So I, I, you know, I did what any defensive-loving person did. I contemplated ending it all, and Went to the Sunshine Skyway, and then it was like too cold. I'm like, I don't want to fall in this cold water. Yeah, so and you realized that all you really needed to get you feeling better was the Celsius. That's it. That's because, all I needed was yeah, this Celsius powers active yeah. lives. Not not those kind of lives, but active lives every day with essential functional energy. Drinking the peach vibe today. You got the orange yeah. over there. I get the, got the orange. John. You can't drink Celsius if you're dead. So you can't. It was probably the love of Celsius that actually talked me down. Absolutely true. And so no sugar in Celsius, essential energy, accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. You can get it in a bunch of different flavors too, folks. That's what's so great about it. And they all taste awesome, honestly, all of them. And so you can head over to, to Celsius.com, click uh, and, and find out, use a store locator to find out where they are near you, get any of these tasty flavors, or go to Amazon, use the subscribe and save option as well. And you can get them coming to you on the regular. Also got to mention the fact that fast protein bars are blowing up right now. They are the big thing. Celsius yeah. has these available as well. The white chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch. Right now, you can get them for 20% off on Amazon. It's a terrific right. deal. You have to use the promo code 20 Start. but these are great. They're filling. 
their taste wonderful. They can literally replace sweets in your diet. That's how good yeah. they are. You but talk about a, a great wrap and go snack on the road, right? If you're if you're getting ready for a road trip, if you're if you're heading out to work, uh, if the kids are getting ready to head off to school, one of these it's it's almost like a meal replacement bar. For me, it is just because it's so sweet. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's packed with protein and low sugar. Yeah, they're they're the best. They truly are. So go over to Amazon and use that promo code 20 fast start. That'll get you 20% off. And by the way, if you're looking for the link, it's just right in the YouTube description. You can just yep. roll right down there, click on that link. And it'll take you right to where you need to go to get yourself some tasty protein bars. Let's get to some of these thoughts in the comments. Today, by the way, on the show, we are going to talk about this loss a little bit. We're going to continue to revisit it, talk yep. about kind of the best and the worst from the loss. And then we're going to talk about moving forward, what it looks like for the Bucks coaching staff through the rest of the the, year, the off season, and then into next year. Obviously, what that'll look like for next yep. season. And with that, we'll be sprinkled in our insights from player interviews today, play yep. at, player good exit interviews today. with us. A yeah, lot today of from news. Zoom, a lot of good stuff for sure. Yep. A lot of news, and so we'll talk about those things. And then just projecting out through the week. If you're here with us at the beginning of the show, checking out what we're doing. Wednesday, we'll be back. We'll have Monday, Wednesday, Thursday again this week because we had the Sunday shows. Then next week, we'll transition to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it'll be back right. in our off-season schedule, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and there'll be lots of draft and senior bowl talk next week because we'll be in, we'll be there. Matt, Casey, right. and I will be in Mobile for the senior bowl, and so looking forward to it. We're going to have great coverage from there. Lots of draft talk starting next week. You get to therapeutically flip the page with us. This week, we are going to spend a little bit of time in the dumps and a little bit of time looking forward to Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit about the best and worst from the team this season and kind of what that looks like uh, for the team going into next season a little bit too, yeah. uh, in terms of player performance, coach performance, things like that. And then Thursday, we'll talk uh, a good bit about free agency and what we think is going to happen with some of the free agents, some of the maybe retirees and things right. like that. And it'll give you an idea of what the team might look like. And then we launch into draft senior bowl talk next week. So that'll be what things look like. Leo with the $5 super chat here says, if I feel depressed, I just watch highlights from last year. This team made <laughs> NFL history. No other team following will matter. We will always be first. There is some logic to what Leo is saying here, Scott. Like it is very hard to go back to back. It hasn't been done since yep. that Patriots team years and years ago. You have to get a, a, a certain amount of luck to win the Super Bowl. Yep. It's just reality. Like that is what it is. It's usually the Rams don't the teams get too. Yeah. Yep. Like Rams don't get Todd Bowles. Yeah. You know, if he doesn't call the dumbest call of the year defensively, do yep. they win that game? We don't know. And they might go on to the Super Bowl. Look at the Chiefs. Like right. they they probably will be in the Super Bowl and they probably will win the Super Bowl. Yep. And they would not have moved on if the Bills had not played. It left guys wide open with yep. 13 seconds left. That is like the only thing yep. you possibly could not have done somehow worse than what bulls did in my sure. opinion and let the chiefs drive in for what it wasn't even a 50 yard field it wasn't even a long it was incredible <laughs> incompetence but they like that's luck man like if the yeah. bills had played that almost any other way other right. than cover zero or playing 20 yards off everybody well the, like, the, that, that was the most ridiculous thing right there right was was you're giving kansas city a free 19 yard yeah. pass. And point. they had three That's timeouts. Like yeah. it was like the Bills didn't know that they had timeouts. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. They should have just played straight up defense. You know what they say right. about prevent defense? It prevents you from winning. And that's, right. that was the yeah. case yet again. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how. Now, listen, I, I am taking nothing away from Todd Bowles. I think he's a very good coach. I think Leslie Frazier, who was in Tampa as Lovey Smith's defensive coordinator until he got kneecapped in his second season. And that's when Lovey took over the play calling. Yeah. And Leslie Frazier was a, 
was just a bystander yeah. watching the game. You can be line. a good defensive coordinator and have a horrible game Correct. slash call like that, that loses the team the game. Like those but things are both to be true. Having said that, and I, I know both gentlemen and I respect them a lot. It is tough if you are an NFL owner and you're hiring Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, after what happened. Not just at the end of the game, but also in overtime. Yeah, it was all game, right? Yeah, and <laughs> it is hard there. with Todd Bowles. I mean, he he had a, he was a brilliant strategist in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Defied his his inner beings, his instincts mm-hmm. uh, to to blitz, and only blitzed five times in the Super Bowl. It was the right call, John? Yep. Right. We talked about what he had to what he had to do uh, mm-hmm. to get success in his Super Bowl against Mahomes. And he did it. Yeah. But he, he didn't couldn't do, do it. Couldn't again. do it again. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it again, again on Sunday. So yeah. having said that, it's it's a it's tough for NFL owners, I think, to hire either one of those guys on the heels of this, knowing that at their introductory press conference, right? It's like mm-hmm. someone in the media is going to say, you know, Leslie, like what happened at the end of that Chiefs game? You know, Todd, what happened? What was the call at the end of that Rams game? I don't know. And I wonder, we'll probably, I, get, I hope we'll get them at some point this week. I'm not sure what media availability is going to look like yeah. for the rest of this week. I'm sure we'll get the assistance at some point uh, to talk to them before the end of the year. But um, yeah, it's good to see them when we talk about. Here's my biggest pet peeve, though, and we'll get to these super chats too. Yeah. And we appreciate this from Kristen yeah. at the $5 super chat. I had so <laughs> many people give me grief today for wearing my Bucks gear today in Kansas City. I mean, good for you, though, for still, still right. wearing it after after yeah. a loss. Uh, I, I told my daughter, Ellie, who is out of Kansas State, and she's a Buccaneer fan first, living in Chiefs territory now. You know, uh, and she's she's got a Levante David jersey, which she wears, mm-hmm. and she was rooting for the Bucks over the Chiefs, even though she was in Emmy territory last year. Yeah. And and I, I got her a Mahomes jersey uh, for going out there in Chiefs territory. I know what that's like. I grew up in Kansas City. It's You get Red Fridays and all that stuff. And I said – the Bucks are done. I said, you know, wear that Mahomes jersey now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to fit in with the locals. So That's right. And we'll see what happens. AFC team. So. Right. AFC team. Right. Yeah. Uh, but th- my biggest thing is that the only people defending the Todd Bowles call, which are very few people, this is yeah. when everybody's united. Like I was even locked in like, <laughs> okay, what do I get? If I go to like defensive gurus who worship Todd Bowles, what are they saying about this? Like on Twitter. And they were either silent or people were like, wow, that's super questionable. Like, it was pretty unanimous. But the funny thing is the only people defending it are the people that are saying, what's the difference? Like, you do that or you do prevent defense and you lose like the Bills. No, you just play regular There's actually just a huge (laughs) in-between of different options. Like, it's like Michael Scott in the office. He's like, what's he say about – he's like, "Um, I'll either – like, he's talking about Ryan, like when Ryan's like spending all their money on that wolf. Remember the wolf thing, like the, the like, <laughs> and he's like, I would either rather like uh, be destitute on an island somewhere, you know, giving all my money to my friends, or die alone or something. And he's like, and there's no in between. It's like that <laughs> situation so with this. Like people are, it's either prevent yeah. defense or you send your whole defense yeah. after the quarterback yeah. on a play. No, they're just normal. No. Like there's no time left in the game. Yeah. They're not in field goal range. Just just like, play some cover too. Keep the plays in front of you. Thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, and and listen, I, I I give Bruce Arians credit for saying that the play before that, well, he said the play before that was was even bigger in terms of of the outcome, and that was the the twenty yarder to Cooper Cup where Sean Murphy Bunting of all people falls down in coverage. Shocked. Yeah, and then Mike Edwards, uh, both of those guys too, John, Mike Edwards and Sean Murphy Bunting, the lowest graded PFF guys yesterday. Yeah. And and I'm a big Mike Edwards fan. I know you are too. But just what mm. 16 snaps? He played awful. 
Yeah, and two games it. against the Rams this year, Scott. I mean, whether yeah. it's PFF grades or just our analysis you're going off of, I mean, he was unbelievable a whole year. Yes. And last year, he, like, barely did anything wrong. Like, he didn't blow coverages. I know. This year, he played more than last year. Last year, he only like, played 188 regular season snaps. Yeah, this the Rams year, he are, like, more. his kryptonite. Yeah, for some reason, like, he can't – like, the coverage calls, too. It's Like, he doesn't make mental mistakes. Yeah. They called him what? Bull said this week, most cerebral player on our team. I know. And yet something's off with <laughs> that call on the long cup touchdown. Like, yeah, it's frustrating because that's it not is. typically who he is. Where Sean Murphy Bunting, this, this is who he is. Like, yeah, we, and, and the thing is, it was a double whammy, right? Because because Sean Murphy Bunting falls down on the route, leaves Cooper Cup wide friggin' open, and then Mike Edwards can't make the tackle inbounds. Cooper Cup gets out of bounds, stops the clock, and then allows for that forty-four yard play the, the next time. I, I think the thing is though is is and, and I saw a clip where you know this is kind of circulating on on Twitter about being prepared, right? And it showed uh, Bill Belichick and a clip from the Patriots you know, talking to his players before they take the field saying, this is the scenario. This is what we want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And kind of walking through what they're going to do. It just seemed like, like nobody expected the blitz. Todd Bowles just like said, you know what, we're going to blitz. Right. And, and it just kind of caught the Bucks defense off guard because they weren't in that mentality because that that's not what you do in that instance, especially against Matthew Stafford. And right. What made it even more egregious, Scott, was the fact that not only did he call blitz against Stafford, who's bad, but he did it in a tempo situation, which yes. Devin White did a great job today. Fantastic job going into detail, that. he was explaining, like, when you call blitz, there's a lot of communication that goes into it. And the Bucs should be the first team to know this. The first time they played the Chiefs last year in the regular season, they got killed early in the game because they couldn't communicate through right. all the Chiefs blitzes. They were slow at the line. They get to the line. They'd set up for all this time. They bring a guy in motion and it would do, do all this stuff. Well, all this time, the Chiefs are communicating. They're set up. They're lined up their blitzes and then they're getting after it. The Bucs yeah. got killed because of that. That's they right. go into the Super Bowl. They changed everything, Scott. They yes. went tempo. The Chiefs couldn't communicate, couldn't set up blitzes, couldn't set up pressures. Everything was late. Players were late getting to assignments and spots. Right. They ended up committing penalties and giving up yardage. And then everything was off for the Chiefs because of that. They right. should have known that. Instead, yeah. they go into this game against Stafford. The end of the game, they know the Rams are going tempo after completion. He mm -hmm. still decides to call and try and get that blitz in. In that situation, that's the most egregious part to me is the fact that there was no way they could get a got, have gotten everything communicated in that spot yeah. effectively to be able no, to pull You're that exactly off. right. And and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna harken back to my days as a defensive coordinator at South Pasco Predators for a second here. We had we had an all-out blitz called house, right? We just bring the house. Let's say house, house, like everyone's coming. The problem is when you do an all-out blitz, right? You 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 gotta get lined up correctly. Like you have to, because yeah. you have certain guys that are responsible for hitting certain gaps, right? And if you're gonna do any type of, of stunting or twisting, like it's got to work like clockwork and you, you can't, it's so hard to get that type of call set up in an up-tempo situation because the alignment has to be right. And I think you even heard, was it Bruce Arians today saying that Indomitian Sue was, was a little bit late because they, they couldn't uh, get. It was Shaq. Sue was the only, Sue actually almost saved the call. Sue that, yeah. beat his guy straight up. Yes. I think he was saying Sue almost saved, Sue beat his guy straight up. It wasn't the blitz. He had a one-on-one, -on -one and he beat his guy yeah. immediately. Yeah, he was the closest guy to Stafford. Yeah, right. He hit him as as he threw it, you know, or right after he released it, I guess. And he almost saved the play. It was actually an incredibly good play by Sue, yeah. who's not really a pass rush beast these days. Look, 
yeah, it, it was it, a great it, play by him. It just wasn't enough. Levante David didn't blitz. And I don't right. know. He was that's... he wasn't even lined up, and Shaq wasn't even at the line of scrimmage yet. Like that's what right. I mean. They're all trying to communicate yep. who's lining up with this blitz, who's going there, you know, because they're lining up differently in the blitz that they would normally. Right. And they're exactly. in the midst of communicating this. Yeah. And it, it, it was just the defensive call gave them zero shot to pull it off exactly. against tempo. If the Rams right. had not been using tempo, you know, maybe it's like, oh, you should have communicated on the field better. It still yep. was a bad call. We should, but because of the combination of the two things. I just put like all of it on the Bulls, to be honest. And I was even yesterday, I was like, well, Winfield, yeah. I changed my mind completely. It's all on no, Bulls. It, it's opinion. all on Bulls because you can't make that call and, and expect everyone to get lined up in that situation with, with that time frame against up-tempo. It just wasn't going to work. And then and then you kind of see that too. It's like when when Antoine Winfield, when he got the call, he's, you know, he's sitting there for a quick second. It's not hard to figure out, right? Once Matthew Stafford sees – the corner blitzer, which was coming from from his side, right? I mean, that was in yeah. his his line of, of sight. If you're going to blitz the 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 the, cor- the nickel or the, the corner slot, was late too, yeah, yeah. The whole thing I mean, blitzing from the other side, so he doesn't see it. All he had to do yeah. was see Sean Murphy Bunting coming. He knows that's the slot coming. Slot got guy, my one on one. It's right. it's an easy read. It's it's yeah. just. I mean, high school kids can make that read. Mm. It's it's that simple. It's it's you throw it to where they're not right. And and it's, it's like uh, if if the if the corner's coming and I've got a vertical right, you're not going to rotate anybody over to get a vertical route. That's got to be the, your single high safety, right? Because right. just th- there's no way there's no any there's no rotation to have to worry about. It's 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 my wide receiver in the slot against your free safety because that's the only guy I could possibly be against. Right. And and in that situation, it's just throw it up and let Cooper Cup go make a play, and he did. Right. Terrence has a ten dollars super chat, and I think you know we've Thank talked you. so much about bulls. I think everybody knows where we stand on it, and we'll keep talking yeah. about because we'll talk about bulls a little bit at the end and about what might be next for him. Terrence says, and and we appreciate Terrence has always given us great super chats, man. Awesome Bucks fan, we really appreciate it. Final twenty twenty one thoughts, part one. Yesterday was sad, but this team was never going to win the Super Bowl with the injuries they had and AB leaving. Only thing I'll say about that is I think the Bucks would have matched up a lot better. Now I think San Francisco is creative and tough still to again yeah. in terms of play calling but because you can affect Jimmy so much with pressure and the 49ers offensive line has clear weak spots like sure. Shaq Barrett would have had a field day Trent Williams Carlton. is injured right now too and he's injured yes and and, and Debo's not 100% yeah. you know there's some factors Kittle. in there I do think there was a good chance like I think the Rams are going to beat the 49ers I think there was a good chance the Bucks could have gotten to the Super Bowl. Oh, I agree. Win the Super Bowl this year with the injuries they had against what will probably be the Chiefs. I don't think so, but I will just say that once you get there, you never know. Then I'll say about part two here. Todd Bowles' defense is bad if he can't get pressure. Sure, we've talked about that at length. I don't necessarily think Terrence is wrong about that. I think he's right about that, especially when they face good quarterbacks. One thing I will say here, Scott, that I am thinking a lot about going into the offseason. Yeah. Bowles blitzes more than anybody, right? Okay, we know mm-hmm. that. going, into, But – Eventually, there's going to be have to be a reckoning with him of saying, "Okay, I'm not, I, I can't blitz this much." Because the, the, you could see so many cracks in the defense this year. They faced the worst slate of opposing offenses all year long, and right. they still were not like the top of the league defense. Like at least yeah. they could have been like the Bills faced weak offenses all year long. They were at the top of the league in every category defensively. Yeah. Like so, it may have been some fake stats, but the Bucks couldn't even get there. So right. it was like, okay, now I look at him and I say, okay, he's bad if he can't get pressure. True. He has to find a way to be able to get pressure with four more often. And then I come to the players. And I don't think this is anybody's fault. 
Right. There's two points that I have to make here. I don't think the Bucks have an elite one-on-one pass rusher on their team. Aggressive. Still think Shaq Barrett's very good. Yep. And when you face bad offensive lines and players, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of them, and he's going to be productive and he's going to make game-changing plays and he's going to be effective within your scheme and he's a good run defender. He's a good right. player to have on your team. He's not that guy. When you face a, one of the best offensive lines in the league, like the Saints or the Rams, he's going to get locked. Or even yep. the Eagles, even though I, we said, you know, asterisks with that performance because of the way they played it. Those are guys who are going to are going to be him more often than not. Right. Just the physical limitation of who he is. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the limitation yep. who he is. The other part of it I'll say is, Two more things. There's no great pass rusher, like I said, but Vita Vea was dominating yesterday. Mm-hmm. He had a matchup he could win. Yeah. He was dominating, and they played right. 47% of snaps. I know you have thoughts on this, too. We're going to get into that today. I think it's yeah. absolutely absurd. Last point I'll make is things could change if Joe Tryon Shoenke can take a leap and actually play his position in year two. He yeah. has the physical athleticism, size, demeanor, all of the traits that you want. In yeah. terms of a player who could become a one-on-one pass rusher against top talent, we kind of yeah. saw that early in the year in week three when he faced Whitworth and beat him a couple times. He mm-hmm. didn't get enough reps this season, and there's a lot of reasons for this, and some of them might be good. That right. he didn't get enough reps to really develop as a true outside pass rusher all I season agree. long. He's got work to do in the offseason. The upside is through the roof. Oh, yeah. I don't think they have like that great one-on-one difference maker right now, but Joe Tryon Schwinka developing next year could give them a better four-man pass rush than they've had at any time Bulls has been. They've always gotten sacks. I totally agree. The problem is they give up a lot to get them. They yeah, give up I, a lot in the passing game to get those numbers. I agree. They still and, and, the same problem for and, and, and I agree with you that up front, you know, they don't have a, a Warren Sapp type who is outstanding against the run and an elite yeah. pass rusher, right? They no, have like work. elite explosive three Correct. technique type of player. It's, they, it's a they, lot they of don't. run stuffers, some yep. power rushers. Yeah, and wait, wait, so is that? I guess two part question for you. Let's. I don't want to hear your thoughts on the Vea snap thing. Mm-hmm. The second part of it is because we'll just see on JTS, but I think yeah. we both agree on his upside. The second part of it is, do you think the Bucks should prioritize a different player type? They just don't have a type, even a defensive tackle that would be a great pass rusher. Really, like yes, they, they you know should. I mean? Yes, the the problem is. This is back this to back. year's, yeah. This year's defensive tackle class, and I've really done like some advanced scouting on it and prep, prep work for the Senior Bowl and the East West Shrine coming up next week. It is awful. It, it's it's probably as bad as it was last year in terms of talent, quantity, and quality. It's just bad. If so you look I, at the rookie class this year, it's yeah. horrible. So, I, so exactly I, I, what we said scouting yeah. last year is playing yeah. out perfectly. So they're going to have to look at at. They're going to have to look at free agency, I think, to to really solve the the defensive tackle situation. And what I mean by that is 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 you know, Indomitian Sue is is going to be a free agent. He might retire. Mm-hmm. Steve McClendon, I think, will probably retire. And Will Golston, I think, will be back at, at age yep. thirty. He's a, a defensive end in this mm-hmm. in this scheme, but it's really a defensive tackle. He helps. So, I mean, Nacho helps. All those guys, yeah, are good yeah. players. Right. But I don't think they have to first. break the bank. But yeah, correct. Like, who? Yeah. Right, can there, you get they're they're not a Geno Atkins. They're not uh, you know a, a Fletcher Cox. Those type of, of quick twitch penetrating guys that mm-hmm. that can you know that, that that can beat offensive linemen one on one and 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 get to the quarterback. It's mostly power with Sue and Vea. That's how they get their sacks. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to see is I, I think it's time to move on from Jason Pierre-Paul. I just do. I think his I, body I, might be done. Yeah. He might be done. Yeah. Last I, year, remember he said after the season, I'm I want to play till I'm like 35, 36. He was right. talking about this year, he's like, I gotta take some time and think. Mm-hmm. Like 
You're right. He's he 33. He's going to have uh, his shoulder repaired. Surgery I don't think repaired. anyone's even going to sign him until after the summer if he wants to play. Oh, I playing. totally agree. Yeah. But the, the thing is, you've you got to clear the path for Joe Tryon Shoenka. You, mm-hmm. you, you've got to like just clear the path. You can't even bring Jason Pierre-Paul back and and say, you know, we're going to bring you back right. as, as you know, as, as maybe a co-starter or or as the veteran backup. You know, he's not going to want that role. His personality won't let him have that role because he's an alpha, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is Joe Tryon Shoenka is the present and the future. And it needs to be at left outside linebacker john it needs to be at the left side because he has the size the length to match up with the mammoth guys that have just swallowed up shack barrett the last two weeks mm-hmm. lane johnson and rod havenstein right and ryan ramchek with the saints is another guy they're mm-hmm. massive monsters at right tackle they're big physical guys that are just massive with long arms folks shack barrett's 6'2, 250 and I'm a I'm about when well, I'm six foot about two fifteen, and Shaq's not yeah. that much bigger than me. When when I'm in the locker room and, and I haven't been in the last couple of years, but he hadn't grown. But but I mean Shaq Barrett is not a big yeah. guy. He doesn't he's not going to overwhelm. Look at you. his body. He's Humpty yeah. Dumpty like. Yeah, he just doesn't yeah. have like one of those right forms. He's got he's a quick get off. Us. He's got a quick get off. He's a very instinctive player. But I, I go back to that nineteen and a half sack season, John. Uh, he's best going up against right tackle. I'm sorry, left tackles from the right side. So put yeah. him there. That's the side that Jason Pierre-Paul prefers. That's the side that he pretty much, as the alpha in the room, said, "I'm playing this side." And Shaq, being a great teammate, said, "Okay," because Jason Pierre-Paul's a more accomplished player, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But, a, but listen, man, you're you're the you're the franchise guy now. You're making 18 million dollars a year, right? Right. You get to determine where you play. You play on the right side. Joe Tryon Shawinka, you're getting reps on the left side. Doesn't mean you can't switch back and forth to create some different looks and matchups and stuff. I'm all in favor of that. But your home base is on the right side if you're Shaq Barrett in 2022. And for Joe Tryon Shawinka, you've been moved all around. You've, you've become a, a jack of all trades, a master of none. It's time to master a position and be a double-digit yeah. sacker because that's what you can be. Real quick, when it comes to Vita Vea, John, how much is guy getting paid now? Dude's Seven. getting paid a lot of money, Scott. Okay. <laughs> starting okay. next season. All right. Well, even yeah. starting next season, the thing is, is Vita Vea, uh, if, if I'm Jason Light and I'm Bruce Arians, I'm saying, Vita, we, we gave you a lot of money. We're going to play you a lot more. You better be in the best shape of your life. And we need you to, to essentially double your snaps. If you're going to play 40%, we need you to play close to 80% now in yeah. games. Like, just there's... To. Even if it's 70, Scott, that's fine yeah. to me. You cannot pay a guy what you're paying him and play him 30 some snaps a game. He's not on the injury report. Like he's fine health wise. This is ridiculous. Like yeah. it's one thing, it was hard to tell last couple of weeks, right? Eagles, Panthers, those games were kind of over right. like earlier, you know, in the game. And like it was like, okay, if you don't want to play, even end of the regular season, you, you want to keep him in a rotation against the Panthers, fine. Like I don't, that's not a big deal to me. This is a do or die game. It is. And Dominican Sue, who's a good player still, is playing 14 more snaps than you. Yeah. I mean, Rakeem Nunes Roach has played one less snap than that's your re- franchise defense. That's the problem. That's, that's the absurd. Problem right it like, is. Nacho is a zero as a pass rusher, has yeah. been his entire career. He played Nothing 33 snaps, and Vita Bay have played yeah. 34. That's just insane, dude. Like, this is a must win game, yeah. and Vita Vea is playing 47% of your snaps. That's, that's nuts. I don't even know if it's Vea. I'm not knocking Vea's condition. I have no clue if that's what the problem is. Like, 
he's played before, you know, more snaps before in his career. Like yeah. he was playing more at the beginning of the year. I don't know what the plan was down the stretch here, but it sucked. It was terrible. Like the fact that yeah. he didn't use, they didn't use him enough when he was killing the way he was too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of egregious things. Unless you hear from the coaches, right? He pushes the pocket. It's yeah. I mean, we, we heard that. And when he came back for the NFC championship game against the Packers, yeah, and it wasn't just the, the run stuffing. Heck we, we brought him back to rush the passer. Yeah. And and they gave him a lot of credit and rightfully so to help Jason Pierre Paul and, and Shaq Barrett get off on Aaron Rodgers that day. I mean, he and Winfield were their best two players on the field the other day. Yes. And the fact that Vea was only on the field against an offense torching them like that yep. for 47% of their snaps is just egregiously bad. And so was, even though I know Joe Tronchinka has been kind of a mixed bag and he's played spy and he's dropped in a coverage and he's yeah. played three technique and it's been a weird he, rookie his year just swimming man he yeah, just like i said he's been asked to do too much he's but, not perfected one thing yet but what do you do? here's my huge issues with the game the other day jason pierre paul is playing 80 some percent of your snaps okay you just sat the guy for a month he's still injured he yeah. didn't look any better when he came back against the eagles right. at all he looked like the same player same problems right. everything he was terrible the other day. Joe Noteboom, I don't think, gave up a pressure. He had like the highest PFF grade on right. the Rams team facing yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, the, the, you the never half a, tried. The half a sack Jason Pierre-Paul got was when – was on the quarterback draw. The quarterback they, dropped yeah, the middle where, to, where he, he uh, ran inside. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. just a gift. The, the, the whole game, guess how many snaps Shaq Barrett had on the right side going up against what would have been a backup left tackle. Not enough. Guess how many times they, gave, they put him over there. Not enough, John. Twice. Twice, Scott. <laughs> ridiculous Your franchise pass rusher who yeah. has already rushed from the right side it's not like oh this would be a totally new thing for him he did right. it last year when jason pierre paul came back middle of the year they switched yep. jack went over to the right side almost full games yep. for a lot of these games week 10 11 week yep. 8 like jack is playing almost and, all his snaps over there again, then, listen, listen i say this with great respect and affection for jason pierre paul I've asked the coaches. The coaches let the players decide where they want to play, right or wrong, right? I mean, if I'm the coach, I'm telling my guys where to play, right? Because then that, what happened in midseason? I, I don't know what happened then. Okay. Because when JPP came back, they switched. JPP was playing on the left side and Shaq was playing on the right side. I know. Did JPP just think this will work better with my shoulder? And then it was like, nah, screw it. Like, I'm for the playoffs, I'm just going back to. Maybe I, I don't know what happened. We need, I mean, hopefully, either. we get to talk to Todd Bowles. He never gives us anything. We have asked him, yeah. you and I have asked him about this so many times. Yeah. But the fact that you don't get your best pass rusher and your friend, like the guy you just paid, gave the bag to, yeah, any reps against a backup tackle in this game is mm -hmm. just absolutely crazy. I both have said it, Larry Foote has said it. He's the outside linebackers coach. That we we let the we let those guys figure out where they want to rush. And I'm telling you, it. just from 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 inside sources yeah. that Jason Pierre Paul is the alpha Shaq Barrett is the accommodating teammate and kind of the yes man. And that's the way it is. And and I don't like that. That, that doesn't set well with me. And honestly, that's part of the reason why I've really been on Jason Pierre Paul this year. I get the shoulder injury. He's a warrior. I, I get that. And I respect that, but, but like you're hurting your team when you make those type of bad decisions. So th that part's not on the coaching and it should be, if I'm Larry Foote, yeah. If I'm Larry Foot or Todd Bowles, I'm putting my foot down and saying no, no. Yeah, we've looked at the working. tape. We've seen. We've studied yes. the numbers. You're better on this side, or even I don't even know if the is better. Like I've looked at the numbers. There's no yeah. clear indication in numbers. Maybe tape. If we studied, we'd tell us a different story about which side Shaq's better at necessarily. Yeah. But I will say this, Scott. 
when you have a pass rusher you're paying like Shaq Barrett and you don't put him up against the backup tackle at any point in the game, and this is even when Jason Pierre-Paul is not in the right. game and Joe Tronchick and Anthony Nelson are in the game, that shows me it wasn't even just a JPP thing. For the coaches, right. it wasn't even on their radar to put him yeah. over there. And Correct. maybe they thought Whitworth was playing most of the week, but as soon as they found out he wasn't, they got to switch that up. It was bad coaching for sure. Like it yeah. frustrates the heck no. out of me to see that not be taken. You <laughs> saw you, Vaughn in great matchups all game. I know. They put him over there against Josh I mean, Wells. The other thing too, and, and listen, I, I love the defensive line. I talked to some of the best that's ever played, right? Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, you know, Greg Spires. I mean, some Tampa Bay legends, right? And and it, they'll they'll tell you that like like especially Rice who who used to box. When you go up against, and Simeon Rice was exclusively a right side defensive end going up against a left tackle, and it's it's a twelve round boxing match, right? There's strategy involved. You're you're working things for one series, and you come back the next series and and you hit him with a spin move or an inside move, a uh, speed rush, rush to power, long arm. That you can do a, a myriad of moves, and sometimes you do some things on first and second down to set up something different on third down. So there is a setup, there is a process. And it's sometimes it's a feeling out process, right? And so this back and forth, you know, I, I just don't know if these guys get enough opportunity to lock in on, I'm going up against the left tackle today. I'm going to mm-hmm. study this guy, and, and he is he's on my radar, and I'm making sure that I – yeah. And I know what to do, and I'm ready for this. Rather than have to worry about both sides. It's and part of it is just the blitz heavy approach. You you move gaps a lot. Guys are doing a lot of things. You look and you say, "Oh, Shaq Barrett had 30 pass rushes in this game. What did he do?" Well, a lot of those pass rushes are just setting up for other people, and some right. of that's needed. But if you don't blitz as much and you rely more on a four man rush, which if you look at a lot of the best teams in the league, they do. They have yes. to. Yes, it's good to blitz sometimes, but nobody else is blitzing as much as the Bucks for a reason. Like they have to be able to get better pressure with a four man rush. We need to we need to ask coaches about that too, and we will try to if we get a chance this week. Yep. But that's a huge priority going to the offseason. I think some of the right. answers are in house. I do. I think I agree. You know, the addition by subtraction of Jason Pierre Paul, the Joe Tronchenko development. Anthony Nelson's development is exciting. Yep. Could he be an inside rusher? You know, sort of. Could could he have evolved into what they had with Carl Nassib? I think it was Bulls' first year. Could he have right. evolved into something like that? Is maybe an interior rush option. You have Shaq. Vea hopefully can play more snaps. Those are all parts yep. of the solution if you can I recognize agree. that as coaches and get there. That part could be better than maybe one yep. additional player, and, and it doesn't even have to be a great player. Remember we talked about Christian right. Barmore. He was yeah. a terrible run defender this year, but right. he was a really good situational pass rusher for mm-hmm. the Patriots. Can you just find a role player like that in the middle rounds that can give you juice on sure. passing downs? There, though, you can. It doesn't ever have to be a full time player. Yeah. But I'm also in favor of going out and getting another outside linebacker. Here. If you you are going to part ways with Jason Pierre-Paul, go out and get another young pass rusher because Anthony Nelson in will be entering. Yeah, will yeah. be entering his contract here next year Shaq Barrett is under contract for the next three more years but he's turning 30 this year so you know his he's at the peak right now right at some point in time he's going to be on the other side of the mountain sooner rather than later given his age but start that process now because it's rare that you have guys like Micah Parsons that just burst on the scene right we even saw Jace Joe Tron Shoinka where after that that Patriots game John I think we were yeah. we were talking what six eight ten sacks maybe for the yeah. guy he wound up with yeah, what? Uh, only one of four. And if he just tackles better, he has eight at least, Correct. you know, but, and that's but part it of the takes way it some goes. time. So start yeah. that process now, get process. another guy I in like there. That. Yep. And, I'm down with and they started at a perfect timing with JTS. I think he'll be, again, yeah. I think year two for him will be, they'll have him in a role. He'll be a starter. He'll develop a yeah. little bit more in the off season. There'll be good things from year two. He's just wired, right? 
He's got yes. all the traits. Oh, like I just am still I'm high on the upside. Me man. too. I'm high on me it. too. So, and that could be a difference making type of player in year two for yeah. them. If he we appreciate help. these super chats too, we're getting yeah. a bunch of these. Let's let's get to some of these real quick. Um, Rams lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I hope so. I'm rooting for the for the Chiefs. Uh, I've got some good friends in the Rams organization. Kevin Demoff, the Chief Operating Officer, uh, Raheem Morris. Obviously, both those guys were the Bucks before, but uh, I look at the Rams as like the new Saints. According to to what's happened here, this is three years or three times in a row now. But the last two years, the Rams have had their number, and uh, they're going to play the Rams next year too, John. So, yeah. By the way, JC, remember that full quote: "I would rather go broke betting on my people than get rich all by myself on some island like a castaway." And there's no middle ground. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, JC. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is, you know, part of the, the challenge of this off season. We'll be evaluating some things like that. How many answers do we have in house? Yeah. How many do we not necessarily, but the whole Rams thing is fascinating because the Rams have tried to do what the Bucks did last year. Like basically now the Rams have been trying to do it for a long time. People need to recognize right. that the Rams have been loading up for a while. They didn't do it all one off season like the Bucks did, but they were going all in back with golf. Like, and then the golf wasn't the guy they made it to a Super Bowl. Golf wasn't the guy they retooled, you know, they've, They've been all in. They've given up what seven years worth of first round picks now. Right. Like, this is insane. And so they're they're yeah, their goal is a Super Bowl. But I do wonder if the Bucs and Rams go back to back years and teams start to say, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like draft capital don't matter. I know the Bucs yeah. didn't trade a lot of draft capital, but draft capital don't matter. If you get that quarterback, mm -hmm. it changes things for you. If you have the coaching, you have a scheme, you have some of that stuff, and you have talent, yeah. and you get that quarterback that takes you from good to great. Yeah then it might be worth whatever you have to give up. And then you could see a crazy offseason, Russell Wilson, Aaron right. Rodgers. You mm -hmm. can see a lot of movement. Hopefully they go to the AFC. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron with the $5 Super Chat. Horrifying O-line performance. Some guys understandable. But what happened with Donovan Smith? We talked about this some on the pod last night, Scott. Yeah. And you and I know have discussed it a little bit. Just going down the offensive line real quick from what I saw live, PFF mm -hmm. grades, and I'll rewatch the All-22, obviously, yep. later this week. But – Seemed like Josh Wells obviously was very bad, but he also was playing through a serious quad injury. He oh, yeah. Out of the game at one and point. And he had an ankle injury, too. Week. Yeah, and he had an ankle injury. Like, he was not right. And so, right. yes, he probably still would have not been great, but it's I'm not going to be very critical of him. He actually left the game, went to the locker room, came back. Yeah. He gutted it out, man. Like, tough he performance. He was limping after a ton of plays. Yeah. You know, it just sometimes it catches up with you. Right guard, yeah. I Kappa was honestly fine. I don't know how they left him alone all game, but no. the situation. Like they didn't <laughs> yeah. go after him. Hey, I was Kappa might have been that. the cleanest, you know, performance of the game. I'm not I, saying the best, but the yeah. cleanest. I mean, again, like he and, and Marpet uh, early in the game, maybe one or two things, but yeah. he got it together. Jensen really yeah. struggled, the injuries. Yeah, I think it was I don't disappointing know what, with Donovan Smith, you know. Yeah, and, and, and Donovan it, Smith was bad. Like, yeah. but we talked about this a little bit. The worst type of matchup for him in the league might be Von Miller players yeah. who don't, he can stop inside moves. He can right. sit down on power. Okay. Yep. But he, but the problem he struggles with is speed bend and rushes around the yes. edge. He Correct. tries to push Especially everybody up wide. Experienced guys. Yeah. Experienced guys. Right. Like Brian Burns will try him and, but he pushes them wide and Brady never gets deep exactly. in the pocket. Exactly. So it, they can survive it. But against Vaughn, he's just too crafty. And well, the other the thing, too, is too. keep they in mind, you've you got Aaron Donald coming up the middle. So there's no room for Brady to step up. Brady has yeah. to stay there. Yep. And it's it's just it's a one-two setup, right? Yeah. It's, that's Brady how basically the, couldn't move at all in the pocket right? because he couldn't go backward at all. And then yeah. going forward, you have to slide around, away from Donald almost all the time because right. Donald is either penetrating on one side of the guard or getting through clean. 
Yep. So it was uh, just a, a nightmare situation for quarterback. Yeah, Do you think exactly Devin right. White can will fix his issues? Uh, <sighs> you, you know what? Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, I was very proud of Donovan uh, – not Donovan, of okay. Devin White for – for answering the questions the way that he did today. Now, mm-hmm. talk is cheap, right? It's it's all about action. But I, I will say this. I, I was I was pleased with what I heard from Devin White in terms of being accountable. And I think that he said that he needed to be he needed to be more consistent and he needed to be more, more disciplined. More disciplined. Yeah. And he really went into that, John. And what I liked about that was he said verbatim what you and I and others have been saying about Devin white, mm-hmm. which is he comes in too out of control and he's his own worst enemy. He overruns the play. He overthinks it. He, mm-hmm. sometimes he gets caught in no man land, uh, no man's land. And, and I, I think he admitted that it's like, I'm either thinking or I'm going way too fast. And he, he's got to find a way to kind of marry those two. And the other thing too, is he kind of told on himself a little bit. He was doing some things different last year that produced a better result. Then he didn't do those things this year without getting into specifics. And it didn't get the results that he wanted. So it was a it was a much more revealing interview with Devin White than I expected. And I liked yeah. what I heard. And sometimes the finality of it also, sometimes it's hard to stop a train when it's moving, right? Um, but when it stops, then you can kind of analyze things. And so I, I hope this is I hope this is the key to unlock the better Devin White in 2022, Joe. Yeah, I agree with you about that with Devin White. The way that he answered today definitely seemed like he understood. He's so he's so odd because you know, if you, publicly, if anything said, he bristles and acts like yes, you know, on Twitter exactly. and everything like, oh, the haters that are out there, like blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like he's not being accountable. Then when you ask him point blank, he's very honest and kind of open about what he needs to get better at. And he obviously likes playing this high risk style. He kind of indicated today. He said, I think God's given me every gift to be a great player. And he's probably right about that. Um, But yeah, he admitted that he needs to learn when to temper it down. And so I don't know though, but three years in, this was a very disappointing year. Typically you're on the way up after year three, not back down. And he was back down this year and it was just, even when there were good games and moments, it wasn't dominant. It wasn't consistent right. enough. There was nothing to indicate that he picked up where he left off in the playoffs last yeah. year. So definitely concerning stuff uh, to say the least. Listen, and, and I say this with respect. And I also say this because this COVID situation over the last couple of years has created a huge kind of divide between the players and the media. We don't get open locker room. We don't get yeah. the off the record conversations. We don't There's see no these player. There's no rapport. So this is pure speculation, but I say this, having talked to some guys in Tampa Bay that have gold jackets that also won a Super Bowl, okay? These are Hall of Fame players that, that told me after the 2002 Super Bowl, guys that have been to many Pro Bowls, right? I got it, Coach. Coach, I got it. I got it. Okay. Just won a Super Bowl. I got it. Yeah. And I wonder if some of that didn't creep into a young Ego-driven Devin White. Nothing wrong with an ego. You got to have it when you play in the NFL, um, especially if you're a star. But the thing is, is I, I think there was a little bit of this. The I'm automatically going to pick up where I left off. You saw me in the Super Bowl, right? The pick six, or not the pick six, but the interception in, in the end zone, keeping yeah. the Chiefs out. I got this. Right. Yeah. I think that's what happened to Devin this year, and, and it came back much. to bite him. Yeah, he kind of said that. He said, "I'm always the guy that that 
how I go, the defense is going to go. That's how I see it. Well, you can't put all that on your shoulders. It's a team game. You that's need right. to play your role, and that's yeah. what he needs to learn. It seemed like he knew that just the first time. I maybe heard him verbalize it, but yeah. you would have hoped that recognition would have kicked in a lot sooner for him since it's been the yeah. same issue since day one with him. Uh, John? Leo with a good good super chat here. Really good. This one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to this one here. BA uh, saying, if Brady retires, we're good with, with Gabbard and Trask. No way. Say goodbye to all those fans, to games. If that's the product they put on the field, okay, this is so, definitely not what he said, though. Like, that's correct. That's correct. But this is not what he said. Yeah, I'll let you kind of address yeah. that aspect of it. But let's talk about the newsworthiness that Bruce Arians uh, came out and said today. He's going to take over the play calling duties if Byron Leftwich moves on. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this this is what I think is going to happen. Okay. If Byron Leftwich moves on, and I suspect as you do, he gets that Jacksonville Jaguars job. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you see here, that's that's Harold Goodwin on the far left of your screen. He's the offensive line coach. He's what they call the run game coordinator. He's mm-hmm. also the the uh, assistant head coach. Okay. And there's Kevin Garber. That's the wide receivers coach. He mm-hmm. would become the offensive coordinator, but Bruce Arians would become the play caller. Okay. So on Sundays, BA's calling the plays and Garver, along with this guy right here, Thad Lewis, Thaddeus Lewis, former quarterback. He's holding the ball, standing next to Brashad Perriman. He is the assistant wide receivers coach. Arians thinks very highly of both of these guys. Mm -hmm. And I think they help him formulate a game plan along with Goodwin. And then BA calls the plays on Sunday. Now, why would BA come out and say this right now? That guy, Tom Brady. If you want Tom Brady back, Right. If you want Brady back, are you going to turn the reins over to a guy who's never called plays before? Your wide receivers coach, a guy that that Arians thinks incredibly highly of and and holds him in very high regard. He's been with Arians since 2013 uh, out there in Arizona. Okay, but the thing is, he doesn't have the rapport with Brady that Byron Leftwich does, nor does he have the rapport uh, with Brady that Bruce Arians does. So to me, I think this was the opening PR salvo of Brady. If you come back, you're dealing with me. I'm calling the plays and I'll have some help with these other guys, but you and I can get this thing done. Cause mm-hmm. I think Brady is not a lock to come back. And I understand that. I think he wants, I think Tom Brady wants to see what, Jason Light and Bruce Arians are going to do in, in terms of team building. If you remember, John, when when Bruce when uh, when when the Bucks lure Tom Brady to Tampa, okay, the roster attracted him. The offensive line, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, right, attracted him, and the fact that he could have a, a voice. They Arians has yeah. always let players speak and do. Th- you know, he, Brady doesn't. He's never wanted to call the shots. Probably one of the most misunderstood things about Brady. LeSean McCoy actually played it out. I wish more players would just come out and lay it out for people. He yeah. did a great job on I'm athlete. He basically said Brady really wants coaches to be coaches and players to be players. That's right. That's how he. The hierarchy has to happen. He just wanted to have some more input in terms of what things should look like this point in his career. The and, Bucks gave him that. Leftwich gave him at Arians. Right. It worked. But and what, and leaves, what else? What and yeah, Ben? What else? He roster. also wanted roster. What was the first thing Tom Brady did? Hey Rob, I'm going to Tampa. You want to come yeah. down with me? Hey Jason, and Light. Bucks are yeah. open to it. Yeah, give Bill Belichick a call. Let's get Rob Gronkowski down here. Then what was the next move? 
Ronald Jones? Okay. How about Leonard Fournette? You know, hey, hey, Bruce and, uh, and, and Jason, did you see that Leonard Fournette got released? Yeah, let's get him. What was the next move? Antonio Brown. Right on the field, he was right about all of it. But I mean, you Absolutely. you could you didn't have to sell the bucks on AB and Gronk no, on the field. It was just yeah, correct. But but my point is is Brady came because of what Jason Light and Bruce Arians had in place, but that wasn't good enough. They needed more pieces, right? Mm-hmm. They needed an AB. They needed uh, a Leonard Fournette. They needed a Rob Gronkowski, right? And Brady was instrumental in getting those guys here. Yeah. He also got Richard Sherman to come to Tampa too after. Sean Murphy Bunting went down. So Brady it does have some influence. Mm-hmm. But the but the other thing is, is, is what happened out there on Sunday, right? Yesterday, John. Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. Did they have enough weapons? No. Leonard Fournette. Okay. My point is, Brady, if he's going to come back, he wants to see the blueprint from Jason Light and Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. What is this team going to look like? How many more weapons are we going to add aside from re-signing Chris Godwin? Because re-signing Chris Godwin – and bring him back, you know, having Scotty Miller for another year and Tyler Johnson for another year, even Rob Gronkowski, that's not enough. Brady wants a stocked arsenal because we see how quickly that can be depleted with injury and, of course, with the AB situation. Right. No, I completely agree. But I'm also not worried about it either, Scott. Like, I agree. I think the Bucks of the blueprint is going to be there. And I think Brady thinks it's going to be there. Even if yeah. Lovridge is gone, I think he still feels like, okay – I know what we're doing here. I, he's not going to want to go anywhere else. And I don't think he's going to oh, yeah. retire after this year. So yes, he may, there may be some of that in his mind. Like I hope they don't like Chris Godwin, or Ryan Jensen. Would you put Scott your money on it, John? Yeah, I would put my money on it. I'll okay. put my money on Brady coming back. All right. I'm going to put my money on Brady coming back too. What do we say about that? Listen, even though fantasy football season's over, you can still keep the excitement alive with my bookies, double deposit bonus. They're going to match your deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. So if you put in, you know, say two hundred dollars, they're going to give you two hundred dollars. If you put in five hundred, they're going to give you five hundred. Right, all the way up to a thousand dollars. Use the promo code Pewter and get your funds credited to your account instantly, so you can start placing bets with my bookie. Use the promo code Pewter to double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Place your bets and get ready for the intensity of playoff action. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. No question about it. Uh, I Like you said, I do think Brady's going to come back. I think that it's going to be a fine, the situation. There probably is some of that. Like, oh, let's see, you know, they'll, they'll make sure that, you know, we're on the same page for the offseason. Yeah. But I don't see being a major concern. Arians calling plays is interesting. We can talk about that, obviously, as we get closer to it. But it was interesting. He dropped that nugget today for sure. Will Hamilton with the $10 Super Chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Will. It's one thing for Vita and Sue to play 50% of snaps because of body type and age. But to leave them out on first, second, and third down when the Rams were at the goal line was infuriating. Some of the rotation <sighs> stuff is just too strict. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Leo with the $5 Super Chat. Bucks need to go after Rodgers or Wilson if Brady retires. None of this BS rebuild, rebuild stuff. That's not going to sell tickets. It'll lead to another blackout. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no more blackouts. Th- you're right. <laughs> Here's what I would say, though. That's what when Arians was asked, would you feel comfortable going into next season with if Brady retired with Gabbard and Trask? Right. He said, I would feel comfortable, sure. But we always look behind see what's behind door number two. And they That's did it right. with Brady. This is exactly what he said with Jameis. I would feel comfortable going back with Jameis, yeah. but we're going to see what's behind door number two. That's right. Trask and Gabbert, I'm sorry, Scott, more than likely what's behind door number two is better than Trask and Gabbert, just like it was with Jameis. So he's not yeah. going to alienate the guys on the roster right now right. as Gabbert goes to free agency. Yep. So it was a very tactful answer by Arians. Totally agree. Him getting flack for this answer is absurd. It's peak 
we're going to react to and negatively yeah. to everything Arians does and says. Yes, right. there's some times he says and does stuff that he right. shouldn't say. Like every and guess coach what? in the league. But this door is door number amazing. one's that guy. Door number one is Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> door number two is is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Sure, uh, maybe you know, be it, attractive to Rodgers for right. sure. Like yeah. he would be interested if it came to that. No question, yeah. he'd be interested if it came to that. I yeah. think he Blaine clearly Gabbard, wants to play uh, for uh, a front runner. That's, that's no offense number. to Blaine. But Rodgers is better. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be contentious with Robert Rogers, though. I think it would be very different than Brady. It very would, different. But it would be it would attractive. Be covering him. Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, yes, I just mean the Arians and Rodgers, it would not be as Brady respects like the hierarchy of coaching and everything like that. He's yeah. very straightforward. There's no passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And it's been it's different with Rogers over his career. He's so like Lone Wolf McQuaid. He's like yeah. Clint Eastwood and yeah, unforgettable. And if we have to go down that road, writer. right? It's it would be totally different. Yeah. Uh, William Butler, who's going to be our third receiver if Godwin stays? Because Tyler Johnson isn't faster than my wife. I don't know how fast your wife is, William, but I yeah. will say this: Tyler Johnson is not going to be wide receiver three down the no. road. I no, think they go into all. next training camp. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, and Cyril Grayson, who Greg Almond did confirm will be back with the team next year in camp. Yeah. Um, all those guys are going to be on the bubble, in my opinion. Like those oh, yeah. guys will no be doubt. fighting for one to two spots. In Correct. My yeah, they need as a they should. Three. Totally, as they should. And and I think that this is this is a draft that is loaded a wide receiver. That's it where my draft did. evals are starting, Scott. I'm looking yep. at all the Senior Bowl wideouts. Loaded at wide receiver, and there's some good ones in the Senior Bowl. Um, and it's it's a deep class. You're gonna find you're gonna find some good guys in, in the fourth round. Um, mm. Keep in mind, Chris Godwin was a third round pick, right? right? At the beginning, right now, round, middle I want round. them to I want them to take one in the first round right now, Scott. If I'm being honest with you, right, we'll see how there. the draft shakes out. We're right very early. Not be surprised. And the reason why is because listen, when you're drafting someone in the first round, they, they almost have to start right to get your your money's worth, your your bang for your buck. Uh, the Bucks play so many three wide receiver sets. You would be so, drafting yes. a starter. Right, you would be, and it would be a guy that would handle third responsibilities with Godwin and. Yeah and Evans and hopefully Gronk as well. It would be just a great role for a rookie to go yeah. into evolve. I Traylon Burks. I don't think Lamb he's going to be there, but from Arkansas would be ideal because he can play right. in the slot. He's a big body dude. I mean, I, I think he's going to be long gone by 27, which is where the bucks are picking. Lots of good wide but receivers moved down the road in recent drafts though. It's yeah. a position you could probably get a good player out there. So I love it. We'll see what happens. We'll get into some of the names, but to me, that's one of the top priorities in the draft, especially with D tackle being as bad as yeah. it is, as you say, uh, Andrew with the $10 super chat box, mismanage the draft, either go all in or build for the future. Why draft? Draft Trask, Hainsey, Darden rounds two to four when they needed help else. Because there was no starters. Nothing uh, they brought right. those starters back. Yeah. yeah, bad draft class was a big part of it. Um, they also drafted the end of those rounds. Right. I'll, you can question the Trask pick, but we just got to wait to see what happens yeah. before you question it, in my opinion. Hainsey pick, I thought was a great pick, especially if he ends up being a guy, because they needed to take a developmental guy there. Right. They've loved his work ethic. They've loved his development. We'll see. I don't know how it's going to work out because, we, like you said, we've barely seen him this season. But that could be huge. And he could step in and they could save all this money on Kappa or he could step in for Jensen if they lose yeah. Jensen. Neither of those guys are locked to be back. You and I were talking today. I talked to some cap people today. Yeah. I definitely think Jensen will be in the 10 and a half to 12 and a half million Correct. per year range at his age. That's a risky proposition when you already have money sure. tied up in two and soon to be three with Wirfs. He plays line. hard, which means he's going to get injured. We saw that with the shoulder injury, with the ankle Physically, injury. That, yeah, yeah. They're, they're his age. He's going to be 31 in the spring. And you know how Mike Greenberg likes to do these contracts, right? He gives you the guaranteed money, right? With the, the first year, let's say he signs a three-year contract extension, right? He's 31, he'll be 
uh, 34 when, when it's all said and done. You you guarantee the first year, and then after that, you, you can part ways with Ryan Jensen. There's no cap hit. So, um, so I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Real quick, this is a good question. What is our salary cap? I, I, last time I checked, I wrote this in, in the SRS Fab 5. It was just around $20 million, about 19 yeah. and some change. I also will add that it doesn't matter what the cap yeah. is. Like it, one thing you and I talked about today, and I floated this to some cap experts as well, Scott, is could Mike Evans get a contract extension with the Bucks this summer? He has two yeah. years left on his contract, takes him up until age 30. They obviously are going to want Mike Evans. I mean, he's consistent. He's not really injured. He hardly missed any games. Yeah. Eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. He just smoked icon, the best cornerback in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, the baller, in the, play <laughs> baller in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. What questions are there for answers? None. Both sides should be should come to the table this summer and say, "Hey, let's put two more years on this deal. Let's take you till thirty-two, the end yeah. of your career. You've been a lifelong buck probably as long as you want to play. We'll keep adding on and restructuring and all that. Like that just makes sense for both sides. Cap people I talked to said absolutely. It's it's for sure going to be should be on the table. Both sides yeah. should come and have that conversation. Yeah. Could help Terrence, out with this year's contract too. I agree, Terrence. Thanks for that super chat. Um, Brandon, appreciate the super chat as well. Next year's schedule is brutal. That's that's a fact. It's going to be a rough schedule next year. Don't think people understand the true gravity of this offseason. Brandon's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. think there's a lot of hard decisions. Like it's, it, it's, if right. Brady's coming back, that's the big one, right? If Brady's coming back, yeah. it's easy. You have to go all in to try and win a Super Bowl. So then you're bringing back Godwin and you're bringing back Carlton Davis. And there's no question right. about those guys. They'll be around long term. Correct. But you're bringing back Gronk and you're making it work with whoever you can to bring back. You know, that's, it's kind of easy. And then if you do all those things, you don't have rosters. You kick the can down the road. Right. Cap is going to get interesting in a couple of years, but not, not they haven't been doing this for years like the yeah. Saints. So it won't be that bad, but right. yeah, you've made, but this year it's not that hard. You bring back all the good players and you go, then you need right. a wide receiver three and maybe another rusher and maybe another corner and yeah. everything else you could probably make work, you know? So that's yeah, kind and, of the situation. And, and I right. think the thing too is, is you, if, going back to 2002 and the Bucks won their first Super Bowl, right? It wasn't, the Mike Allstotts, the Rondé Barbers, the Derek Brookses, the Warren Sapps, uh, the John Lynches that that won the Super Bowl, right? Because they had those guys in 2001, John. They had them in 2000. They had them in 1999 when they lost the NFC Championship game. It wasn't those guys that that won the Super Bowl. It was a team sport, but it was the Simeon Rice. It was Brad Johnson, a quarterback, right? It was Keenan McCardell. It was, it was Ken Dilger, right? It was... It was yeah. Greg Spires. It was the free agents that they brought in to take. They had plenty of A players, right? And this team has got plenty of A players, but they've got some C players that need to be replaced with B players, right? Right at certain spots. That's why the Bucks won the Super Bowl because in 2002 and and also last year there were just wholesale changes with Brady coming in and Gronk and all mm -hmm. that type of stuff too. But that that's what Super Bowl teams do is they have their A players, their core, their nucleus. That means you're going to get to the playoffs every year. But if you're yeah. going to go to the Super Bowl and win it, you got to eliminate the C players, replace them with B players, right? And then That's take exactly right. Take one or two B players and coach them up and make them A players. Put them in positions yeah. where they're A players. That's yeah. that's how you win championships, right? And Matt's right, Dave, with this five dollars super chat. They got to get it together. But at the same time, I don't think there's a drastic changes for the most part. Like a lot of the play, well, honestly, in some ways, it's good. Like Rojo, OJ Howard, Cam, like what if these guys had balled out this year? Then you'd have harder decisions. They kind of all confirmed they're not guys you want to resign. OJ Howard, right. Rojo, Jason Pierre Paul. Like you feel really comfortable moving on from those guys, I think, That's after right. this year. Whereas you last year coming out of the year, you were like, oh, Rojo almost rushed for a thousand yards. OJ Howard yeah. started the year so hot. If he's fully healthy, <laughs> Jason Pierre Paul was a pro bowler. You know, 
Now yep. it's like, okay, you waited these guys out. You, their contracts didn't run too long. Yep. You didn't jump to anything. And now they're off the books and you could probably bring in somebody that's as good or better for cheaper and be fine. So you could have some addition by subtraction with this roster. At I agree. tight end, a depth wide receiver, yep. at the at edge rusher. Anthony Nelson played 10 snaps the other day. He looked like a player for the last two months. <laughs> no. Jason Pierre-Paul is not. I don't think he's yep. ever going to be a starter, but a guy you want to have on the field uh, in situational play, sure. So there could be some of that too. Yep. I got to finish up here real yep. quick. But uh, Terrence, uh, with a $10 super chat, I want to make sure we get to part two. Brady's elite and isn't going anywhere. Completely agree. We didn't get to it enough today, but what he did in those circumstances against that pass rush down 27 to three, I know they got some breaks to get the ball back as many times yep. as they did, but under siege the way it was bonkers to watch. Um, reports, was. yeah, reports of the demise of the Bucks Super Bowl window greatly exaggerated. I kind of tend to agree with this, but there's enough questions just about what's going to happen. I'm going to wait yep. to agree completely, but I'll say this the whole NFC's here, right? Like even the teams that mm-hmm. are still in it, 49ers have this huge question about quarterback moving right. forward, no matter what happens this year. The Rams, Rams have, have this cap hell, <laughs> right? Packers have cap hell. Plus, Rogers yeah. may be retiring or wanting to leave. Right. Plus, Devontae Adams is a free agent who might want to go with Rogers, and if you tag him, might right. be super pissed. They, I mean, there's this everywhere in the NFC. It could be Cowboys, a in the NFC, right? Yeah, Cowboys whole coaching staff could be gone. That's right. right. Everybody yeah. could leave. So we just yeah. have no, there's so much up in the air with all the top teams in the NFC. Whereas the Chiefs and the Bills are kind of like, yep, we're we're chilling. Even if we lose this, you know, the AFC's kind of we got our top two teams. Chargers are probably on the way mm-hmm. up. You know, when Lamar's healthy, Ravens will be back in action. You know, the AFC seems like, even though they haven't been as good this year, the NFC is like, who who the heck knows after this? We got to see how this offseason goes. Exactly. Real quick on these last couple of super chats. Can you explain the dead ball foul in fourth down? Yes. The, the hit to Mike Evans from Eric Waddle, Waddle happened after the pass was incomplete. Once that ball hit the ground, that's when Weddle came and, and hits the, the chin of, of Mike Evans. And because it was an incomplete pass, the turnover of downs already happened. So that was the dead ball foul there. Now, John, real quick, 10 seconds. How did Darden beat Mickens? I don't understand. I agree with Leo on that. A uh, couple words. Being traded up for in the fourth round. That's yeah. how he did it. Uh, not yeah. by anything he did, uh, but being traded up from the fourth round. We'll talk more about Darden in a future yeah. episode. This don't we get third round year. picks if we lose Byron and Bulls? I do not remember. Yeah, I, I, I do don't, not remember I, how that I works. I know that was – talked yeah. about and, and if that went through maybe it did and, and is it case, next year it's yeah next i think it would be next year i don't think it would be this year's draft yeah i'll have to i'll look into that that's a good question yeah, like very good i will question. look into that yeah to try and remember what that yeah. looks like well listen, i don't know if we got every super chat but we tried it. Yeah. you guys were awesome unbelievable yeah, absolutely and listen we greatly appreciate the the super chats that, that we get get another one right here too thank you all really wished they lost two touchdowns now uh, well, yeah, but listen, that, that comeback was something for the ages. If you want to uh, give us a, another form of donation, uh, if you don't have the means to do super chats on here on YouTube, you can go to pewterreport.com backslash donation. You can make uh, a one-time donation for as little as $10, and you can donate as much money as you want. Think of it as like an internet tip jar. If you like the Pewter Report podcast, if you like the SRS Fat 5, if you like John's Bucks Briefing, all of the content we produce, uh, please consider donating to help support pewterreport.com. All the money we get goes right back into the podcast and the website. Greatly appreciate it. Go to pewterreport.com backslash donation. You can sign up to be a monthly subscriber for as little as $3 a month. Yep. It's absolutely awesome stuff. And we have 15 articles or more maybe now up on the site since the game ended last more night. Coming, so, including my more coming. conversion. Yes. Yeah, so we've got a bunch Ooh, more John, cooking for tomorrow. First mock draft coming out first mock Thursday draft coming. Yep. 
Seven more round pods coming Wednesday at four, Thursday at four. Great stuff coming. Subscribe to the Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. Hit the like button on our videos. Give us the thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>